We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another post-game live edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy Will Ware checking in. How you doing? How you living? Pack your bags. We're going back to Miami. Somebody call up Will Smith. Let him know we're coming. As always, joining me today is my best friend, co-host, and the coach of our podcast, the one and only Greg Manakis. Man, the vibes are hitting, hitting hard tonight, my friend. How you doing? They are back, man. Celtics are back. I'm feeling great, dude. Feeling great. How could you not feel great? Celtics were, you know, they were pretty much done for the season after game three. And now here we are heading back to Miami for what hopefully is the Miami Heat's last home game of this season. Yeah, man. It's, it's, I mean, here's the thing. We knew that this was an option after game three. This was, this wasn't off the table after game three. It felt like it. It felt like it was off the table. But we knew that there was a path to get here, to get back to the Garden, to get back to Miami. There was an avenue. It was just a question of, you know, the team that we saw from the Celtics in Game 3. Like we said, we don't like saying this a lot, but they were saying it. I mean, players and coaches formerly of the NBA really don't like saying it. It looked like they quit. It looked like they quit. And for the Celtics to have the last two games that they did, to strap up in that second half in Miami in game four. And then for tonight, just to come up, come out from the get-go and really get the the crowd into it. Give, did, never gave them the crowd a chance to not be engaged was, I think, really important in this game. And it's, you know, the job's not done, but it's halfway there. It's halfway there, man. You want to get into this morning box score? Let's do it, man. Let's uh, let, let me get this right here. Let's cue this up. Let's do a good old Boston Celtic morning box score. 
Morning box score tonight. The Boston Celtics take home a victory in game five. The series is now 3-2 Miami, heading back to Miami. And the pressure, the tide, might be shifting. The energy, some may say, is about to shift. Celtics win tonight 110 to 97 at the TD Garden. Let's start with the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler tonight only 14 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Only had 10 shots and got to the line six times. Bam Adebayo, 16 points, eight rebounds. Caleb Martin kept his hot shooting going and your boy's cold bet streak going. 14 points tonight for him to go along with five rebounds. Duncan Robinson, Haywood Highsmith. Really nice performances from these two guys from Miami. 18 points for Duncan Robinson. 15 points for Haywood Highsmith. No Gabe Vincent. We'll talk about that. If you were following us on IG Live, Adam and I really broke down what that could mean. A lot of that actually played out in this game tonight, as we'll talk about. Let's go over to the Celtics, where there's several guys that we got to talk about tonight. Let's start with the two guys that we always got to start with here. Let's go with Jalen Brown. Had 21 points tonight, two rebounds, two assists, three steals, only one turnover, nine of 18 from the field. Seemed like he might have found a little bit of something with his three-point stroke again. Three of five from downtown. Jason Tatum doing it all tonight. 21 points, 11 assists. Uh, excuse me, 21 points, eight rebounds, 11 assists. Two steals for him, eight of 16 from the field. Derek White and Marcus Smart, the backcourt had themselves a night. Derek White, 24 points, knocking down six of eight threes. Marcus Smart, 23 points, five steals. Once again, five steals for the reigning defensive player of the year. He's seven of 12 from the field, four of six from downtown. A couple of the role guys we'll talk about here that had some really big impact for the Celtics. And then a couple of key stats that we were really honing in on uh, last podcast with Adam as well as on our IG live turnovers and the three point line Celtics win both of those tonight, 16 to nine, 16 turnovers for the Miami heat, 16 made threes for the Boston Celtics to only nine turnovers. Greg, this game is, well, I was already believing I'll be, I'll be real. I was trying to keep it contained. <laughs> I was already believing again after one road win in game four. And now I'm all the way back in. How about you? Yeah, they got me. Something got <laughs> yeah. me. I tweeted out earlier today. I was like, oh, I'm starting to believe we can win this series. Because, you know, when you see this team play the way that they played tonight, it's just like this is why we have felt like this team had the potential to win an NBA Finals this year is because when they do lock in, when they're forced to focus, they are pretty much an unstoppable force, especially when they're bringing it on the defensive end. As you said, uh, we forced uh, 16 Miami Heat turnovers. We had 16 three-pointers. The Miami Heat only had nine three-pointers. We only had nine turnovers, right? So it's like the complete inverse, which was crazy. But I think we got to talk about the defense first because from the very beginning of that game, it felt like the Celtics were playing defense the way that the Golden State Warriors figured out how to play defense on us in the finals last year. Super active hands, digging down into every drive. Anytime Bam Adebayo is going to the hoop, we are just digging down from all different angles. We're not letting Jimmy Butler play one-on-one. And if he is playing one-on-one, it's like not quite the the force that he's he's he was coming off with in the first couple games of the series we we're really bogging them down making them think just because we're picking up the ball much higher with a lot more pressure in that defense i mean marcus smart man five unbelievable skills, today. as you said this was one of the best marcus smart games i've seen in a while and then Derek white you know him going off for those six three-pointers six for eight just absolutely locked in 
all night. It was great to see Derek White play to this level because we haven't seen it because for whatever reason, Joe Missoula just kind of gave up on Derek White coming into this series. And then finally, I don't know if it was because Brogdon was hurt, but he, he mm-hmm. finally realized that Derek White probably deserves more minutes. And this is the Derek White that we've been waiting for, man. At the end of the season, Derek White was averaging like 36 minutes a game where most nights he was the guard that was getting most minutes. And this was the same thing tonight. He played 37 minutes smart, although he was amazing, only played 30. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a Derek White game for sure, right? If we have to label this one guy's game, Derek White going six of eight. And, you know, we had talked about, you know, in this series, he's been, he's been good. The last two games, he's been back to being what we've dubbed the third best player on the Celtics, hands down. Derek White's gotten gotten back to being that guy. But, you know, just sticking with that defense, Greg, you know, the way that the defense came out, and in tandem with Jason Tatum, what we'll talk about here in a second as well, you know, I, I think that was so important because this team has a tendency to get off to slow starts. And so I, I think, you know, this was something that Adam and I had talked a little bit about was without Gabe Vincent, you know, number one, the Heat are running out of bodies. Number mm-hmm. two, they're running out of guys they really trust with the ball in their hand. Not that Gabe Vincent's their primary ball handler, even though he plays that point guard role, but it's another guy that they feel confident can handle the ball. If he ends up, you know, needing to make a decision, they feel comfortable with that. So we talked a lot about trying to pick up those pressure points on the heat and make them put the ball in the hands of guys that they don't want to. And I think the Celtics did a really good job of that tonight. They had four turnovers before the first TV timeout. I think that set the tone. I think Jason Tatum came out and had an unbelievable first quarter got downhill had two massive dunks and really kept the crowd into it because i think that was something that in our uh, ig pregame you know adam and i got asked the question do we think the garden was gonna was gonna play a factor tonight and we jokingly talked about man that could go one of two ways because yeah. i think you know if, if the team didn't come out and get off to such a hot hot start and be connected you know that like we said this was very easy it was we we're just at game three three days ago, four days ago, what the vibes were like that could have seeped back into the, into the arena really easily. If the Celtics didn't come out the way they did. And I think the Celtics defense mixed with Jason Tatum, who set the tone and then kind of took a back seat as Derek white got hard as smart got hot is as Jalen Brown started to refine his shot. You know, I, I think Tatum did a really good job in my opinion tonight of, of, of having a good feel for the game, right? Knowing that he didn't need to go, not that he wasn't trying to go God mode, but he didn't need to kind of do that tonight because the ball movement was there, the the connectivity on defense, pushing the pace, all of that was there so that it wasn't all just on Jason Tatum's shoulders tonight. Yeah, when you look at the Heat box score, man, the, the guy that led them in minutes, my guy Haywood Hightower, Hay- <laughs> Haywood Highsmith. <laughs> hey, man, he was played. good tonight. He was impressive. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Miami Heat aren't winning if Haywood if Haywood Highsmith. Right, that's an issue. Is, that's an- yeah, he's playing 36 <laughs> minutes in a game. That just speaks to... The, the you know the the attrition that's happening to that roster right now when Gabe Vincent went down I've you know I'm a big Gabe Vincent guy man I'm the biggest Gabe Vincent guy in this podcast um when he went down with that ankle injury and I saw he was going to be out I was like who is going to even bring the ball up for yeah. them like when they got into the half court it was an issue but even getting the ball over half court was an issue like there were sometimes they gave the ball to Caleb Martin but Caleb Martin is like one of those 0.5 seconds guys he's, he he can make really good reads but you're not going to ask him to bring the ball up uh, 94 feet. You can't ask Jimmy Butler to do that because you're just going to exhaust him. Jimmy looked exhausted tonight. Uh, Max, they don't do that. The fourth. They had, I mean, they basically rested Jimmy majority of the fourth, right? They took him and Bam out and 
kind of waved the flag early. Can't lie. I got a little bit nervous when they kind of crawled back to 10 with like two minutes left. I was like, all, right, all yeah. the scrubs are in. I think we're good, but there's a little there's a little nervousness in my in my belly right now. Yeah, I, I felt it too. And then Sam Howell <laughs> hit the, the 30 footer. Yeah, we yeah, good. yeah. Um, yeah, but and then to finish off my my point on that, Kyle Lowry, I mean, that was about as bad of a Kyle Lowry game as the Heat fans could have could have asked for. Like he was awful in this game. Um, Marcus Smart, Derek White, they've been outplayed by the, the Heat guards in this series. And tonight was the first night they really, really put their stamp um, on this game. And uh, I think we should take, quick, take a quick break. And then I want to talk a lot more about Jason Tatum because this was one of the most evolved, most nuanced Jason Tatum performances we've seen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Greg. So let's let, let's keep going here, and let's let's get back to to Jason Tatum tonight. He goes just about forty one minutes here, and really kind of filled the the stat line here. You know, twenty one points, eight rebounds, eleven assists, two steals, and you know, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the post game, but we're doing this right now, right after the game. But I haven't seen any of the post game pressers, but it felt like there was a lot more ownership that that Jason Tatum took all throughout this game, but specifically, you know, just taking on the Jimmy Butler challenge. You know, you saw him matched up a lot more kind of mano y mano. And, you know, I know I've seen on on Twitter and such that a lot of fans have called for, I want, you know, because there's the stories of Jimmy and Bam fighting over who's going to take Tatum in, in game one or two of the Celtics. You know, we don't have that from our stars. Now, I don't know if Tatum said anything, if this was just part of the game plan, but he certainly stepped up to the plate tonight with his defense. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things that we've talked about Tatum and his evolution as a player. He's had moments throughout his career where he plays great defense against some of the best offensive wings in the game. A couple of years ago, that that one matchup against Kawhi Leonard where he gave Kawhi problems, and you never see anybody give Kawhi problems. Obviously, last year in the first round against the Brooklyn Nets, his ability to shut down Kevin Durant and block Kevin Durant's shot at the apex multiple times in a series just speaks to when Jason Tatum sees someone or he's like, all right, like this dude is on my level. I have to bring it on the defensive end because nobody else on my team, I look around, I see defensive player of the year. I see all defensive team. I see all these guys that have, have what it takes to be great defensive players. None of them are six foot nine, right? Jason Tatum is that one guy who has every single tool and he has those broad shoulders where he can absorb the impact of a Jimmy Butler drive. And he's also just a really heady player on the defensive end. When Tatum is locked in on defense, there's nobody on the Celtics more suited for that matchup against Jimmy Butler. Um, but I, I mean, to me, the thing that continues to stand out with Jason Tatum is his rebounding. He uh, was under the the betting line tonight. The betting line, I think, was 9.5. He only had eight rebounds tonight. But he felt like he got all of the big rebounds in this game. And then those 11 assists, man. The fact that Jason Tatum is putting up games of 21, 11, and 8. He has like 30, 15, and 8 games. Like yeah. He's always around There's a really there. good stat on the on the Brock. I what it was, but it was, it was basically that you know, 30, 10, and 5 line that it was only him and Jokic for this postseason, and it's a very rare accomplishment you know, in most postseasons to have even one guy do it, never yep. mind two. And for Tatum to be on that list just shows you know, where he's leveling up to as, you know, as part of an overall game. Uh, I want to switch here for a little bit. Let's go to Jalen Brown here for a second, Greg, because I know I want I want to call in the I'm, I'm going to page the shot doctor here for a second. I okay. know that you know you've been kind of looking at his shot here and feeling like it's been a little bit off. You know, tonight he goes nine of eighteen. He goes three of five from three. You know, he shot that first air ball and had a couple of questionable decisions early on. I started to get a little bit worried, uh, but he refound it at least to a certain degree for tonight. Did you see? Did you see anything different? Notice anything different? Or you know, just just one of those nights where where, where, where it just happened to go in. Well, he he has a couple pet moves that he really likes. So first, I, if I remember correctly, his three three-pointers, the first one was a corner three that was wide open off of a double team of Tatum. Tatum, mm-hmm. Tatum makes a great hockey assist to Horford. Bam, yeah. over. That was awesome, the Horford. way Tatum set that up. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he just drew the defense out. Bam, overcommitted to Horford, probably because Jalen's been struggling from three. Horford trusted the pass, made the pass to JB, knocks down the corner three. And that's where JB's made his living. You know, before he became Jalen Brown, he was the guy that just kind of sat in the corner and hit corner three. So it was nice to see him hit that first shot. And then Jalen has a couple pet moves that he likes to go to. He likes that little right hand pull up. Most right-handed players are going to go left-hand hezzy, left-hand hang dribble into that pull-up. Jalen actually doesn't do that. Jalen prefers to go right-hand hezzy into the pull-up, and he also has that little through-the-legs James Harden jump-back dribble that he does into the three-pointer, and those were two of the threes that he did. Now I'm soloed here, and I'm freaking out, man. Why did you just do that to me? Will maybe just got kicked off, and I don't know why, so I'm just going to keep this going. Hopefully, Will can get back in. I know we do have some people um, in the chat right now. Oh, there he is. Okay. Well, I was, I was, I was pivoting. Your audio is not plugged in. I don't know what <laughs> happened there, but I was like, I, right, I guess I'm gonna go like Bleach Report halftime, where we're just gonna talk to the people in the yeah, chat. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened there. So if you listen on the podcast, I just uh, somehow got kicked out of the uh, podcast and recording studio, but <laughs> it's all good. 
You're back. I, what what happened was I thought you just like soloed me, so I just like saw myself and it was just me, and I was like, okay, Will thinks I'm cooking right now. I guess I'm gonna keep cooking. Got and some IG material talking. cooking right now. Let's, yeah. let's see what we got out of this. But to finish my thought on Jalen Brown. I actually didn't like a lot of the shots he ended up taking in this game outside of the layups that he got, which I think were great. Jalen Brown going against Max Struess seems like it would be a good idea, but Max Struess just like plays really good defense against Jalen Brown and forces him to take those whirling dervish uh, Kobe fadeaways that Jalen's not the best at. So um, Jalen, I thought, obviously it was really great to see him hit three three-pointers because he's been struggling and Jalen's my favorite player and I want him to, to, to have these games where he breaks out. But I mean, even when Jalen Brown broke out tonight, he still only had 21 points, right? We're still not yeah. seeing those games where Jalen's going for 30 or going for 40. Um, but this, if, if this is what Jalen Brown can give us in these playoffs, that's probably enough to get us into a game seven uh, back home where anything can happen because we're going to need both of these guys to play great games again in Miami because you can't count on Derek White to go six for eight from three. You can't count on Marcus Smart to go four for six from three. Yeah, it's great to have those games. And that's, you know, those are typically the, you know, the role players step up at home. That doesn't necessarily always travel on the road. And, you know, Adam and I said, at, at a minimum, we need Jalen Brown to, to give us something along these, these stat lines, right? This has to be kind of the baseline for, for JB. If the Celtics are going to pull off a 3-0 comeback, like that's got to be the baseline. And, you know, Jason Tatum, you know, only 21 points, but we've talked about all the other things he did tonight, knowing that he had really great feel for the game and then you get the big exceptional games from Derek White and Marcus Smart Marcus both I mean really both these guys both offensively and defensively having really big performances but you know and obviously that's even bigger with the Brogdon situation now yeah I feel like we should talk about Brogdon for a second let's talk about it because you know Malcolm Brogdon tried to give it a go in that first half it was very clear now that we kind of know the full scope of what's going on we have been you know on the Bleacher Report stream that that we did last game um, you know, some of the past podcasts, we've, we've been a little bit critical of his decision making, but also, you know, the shot just wasn't falling. And when the shot hasn't been falling and we were questioning the decision making, it was like, all right, what is what is Brogdon really going to be able to do out there now? It feels like you can see it. Like, like we talked about, we were just texting during the game. You know, he, he was really short on the two shots he took and mm -hmm. it felt like it was coming, you know, from that forearm. And so who knows what his status is going to be kind of going forward. But that made it even bigger that, you know, Derek White and Marcus Smart were able to step up with the massive games that they had tonight. Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, go the Celtics putting themselves in this 3 0 hole, we don't have a lot of room for error. And Malcolm Brogdon not being in the rotation tonight, like, we were able to do it tonight at home because we were so locked in on defense. And Brogdon, even on the defensive end, he looked slow. I don't know if he was just disheartened because of his shot. But like there were yeah. a couple closeouts that were super lazy. He let Duncan Robinson get free for a wide open three at one point where he just like closed and ran by him. He didn't like stop short in the closeout. He didn't run him off the three point line. It was just very weird effort by Brogdon, but then he didn't come back in, right? So yeah. clearly something was bothering him, whether it was the elbow or if there was a lower body injury, lower body body injury they didn't tell us about. But you know, going into game six, I don't know how the Celtics are going to be able to fill his absence if we don't get a apex game from Derek white or Marcus smart. Like we're going to need Tatum and Brown to be a 30, 30 night. I think if Brogdon's not going to be able to play, because as I said, we can't rely on Derek white and Marcus smart to play at that level. Cause Miami's going to be okay with Marcus smart shooting six threes, right? They're going to be like, yeah. all right, dude, keep doing it. We saw again, that last year you. in game seven last year. They were like, all right, last three minutes of the game, let's just make Marcus smart do everything. And he couldn't do it. You know? So we know that Spo is going to try and figure out a scheme so that, 
those guys don't either he's betting on them to beat us or he's like, all right, we're going to take Derek White out of this game. Right. Mm-hmm. If we take Derek White out of this game, they don't have enough because Rob Williams can't do anything on offense. Al Horford hasn't been doing much this whole series on offense, even though he played a lot better tonight. And he's starting to figure out Bam, which is great. Yeah. Um, Massive yeah. on the offensive rebounds for Al tonight. Five offensive rebounds. Yeah, Al was, Al was great tonight. And then Grant Williams, you know, he didn't do much on offense tonight, but once again, 27 minutes, and he's going to have to step up. It seems like he's going to be the guy to fill Bro- Brogdon's void. And you can pretty easily make up that with more white minutes, more smart minutes, and more Jays on the court. So mm-hmm. we can still go seven deep because Grant is back in the rotation. But Brogdon's, you know, 45% shooting from three, we're going to sorely miss that. As we, as you said, we haven't really been thrilled with how Brogdon has been playing within the flow of the offense. He does seem to ball stop a lot. So, like the first sub, and I want to talk about Missoula here in a second. Oh yeah. Um, but the first sub, you realize that he took out Horford, Smart, and Brown. Right, all three of those guys came out so that you don't have a Brogdon and Brown pairing on the court because those two do not play well together at all. But I yeah. think we should take a take that second break and then let's talk about Missoula. Okay. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, sticking with game five here before we get to set everything up here uh, for game six. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Joe Missoula. Old, crazy Joe Missoula. Listen, we have criticized him fairly. We've also provided the context for it as well with you know some of the disadvantages that he's had. Tonight, I got to give him his props. I have to give him his props. One of the biggest things that we've been hammering home low-hanging fruit, as we say every single time, is that he doesn't have the feel or, I don't want to say know-how, but just just hasn't been able to to find the right timing for his timeouts. Tonight, he was very aggressive with... Perfect game. Yeah, I mean, mean, there was about three different instances, I think, of Miami feeling like, you know, a feeling like Celtics were up, you know, maybe 17, and all of a sudden, it's down to 11, and usually Joe Mazzula would let that get to about five maybe less before he calls a timeout and it was quick timeout. Got it. And uh, I know you were very impressed with this as you were texting me about it during the game. 
Bro, he called a timeout with 30 seconds left in the third quarter with the Celtics up by 18 points. Right? He he was like, this possession is so critical. 30 seconds mm-hmm. left in the third quarter. He calls a timeout. Celtics up 18. We get a bucket. And then I think Caleb Martin hits that pull up three. I uh, pull up two on, oh, on Rob to get it yeah. back to get it back to 18. But like that shows you how he's recognizing the importance that playoff basketball, probably a little different than the regular season, Joe, mm-hmm. where every single moment is critical because you cannot allow a team to have any sense of hope. I was surprised, honestly, to your point earlier, I was surprised he didn't call a timeout with two minutes left when the game got to like 13 points. I was like, you know what? Joe's pitching a perfect game right now with these <laughs> timeouts, but he was like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to let them play through yeah. this one. You know, and I yeah, got to give him one. Got to give one. If that's the one we're giving him, I'm happy to, that it's that one. But th- like, I know we were joking about it, but you were, you were like, yeah, I mean, what if Joe gets addicted to calling timeouts? He just like didn't realize how great it feels to stop somebody else's run because he's never done the it before. The power. The power. But it, dude, it, it makes total sense because he's like clearly got that like addict personality where he's like, he's like, when he likes something, when he finds something, he fucking watches a town four days a week. Like yeah. that's insane. The fact that he, he likes, has he likes, that uh, type of mindset or whatever it is. And all of a sudden he's like flying out, flying in all these master professors to, to work with. Right. So now he's like, you know what? I've studied the tape. And it actually looks like calling a timeout probably does work in the playoffs. I did it tonight and it felt fucking awesome. I'm just going to keep doing that. Anytime I have the opportunity to call a timeout, I'm going to call a timeout because it feels so damn good. And I, honestly, like we, we just, but I, I was so impressed with Missoula tonight and I was impressed with him in the last game as well. Um, this is what we've been saying. He has all these things, like all these pieces to be a great coach. It's like the basic shit. Mm-hmm. from game to game, like the adjustments from game to game, and then the ability to just recognize when you need to stem the tide and call a timeout. And he did that tonight. And it's just like, dude, Joe, this is what you've been saying, dude. Like you've been so stubborn all year. It's so fucking obvious when you need to call a timeout, just do it. And he did it tonight. I was very proud of him. Joe's about to become the uh, Tom Amansky of coaches, start calling timeout so much to start making instructional videos for how to call a timeout, when to call a timeout. Joe Missoula is the new is the new brand ambassador for timeouts. He's got he's got deals with timeouts. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm loving Hostage this idea. tape and timeouts. <laughs> I'm loving this idea of Joe Missoula becoming addicted. But no, great job by by Joe Missoula tonight. And, you know, when Brogdon went out, you know, I, I texted you, like, maybe we see a little bit of Peyton Pritchard. You came back with Sam Hauser, and actually, you know, I don't know if we're, we're quite fully ready to get off this game and go to and go to game six. I, I think Hauser, actually, after you said that, and the more I thought about it, is my preference for for maybe some, some more minutes because you can fill the Brogdon ball handling duties with, like you said, more white, more smart, more Tatum sprinkle in a little bit of Jalen obviously Al in the middle like with with the zone or if we need to like there's there's ways to to make up for that I think it's that Brogdon spacing and someone that who maybe only needs to play seven minutes eight minutes but could get you nine points you know and so I I think that's where you know and and the size right just just Mm -hmm. Sam's size I think versus Peyton's size and where Miami would look to go immediately to go pick on Peyton with Jimmy Butler you know they'll probably still look to go you know pick on Sam Hauser like most teams do. But, you know, as we've said, he's held up better than you would think. And then he's just, you know, five inches taller than Peyton Pritchard. So that's just going to be, you know, a, a better matchup for, for just the, for those reasons. So and then maybe it's a little mind fuck for Duncan Robinson, right? You throw Sam Hauser on him and then Duncan Robinson's like, anything hmm. you can do, yeah. I can do better. I can do anything better than you. This is two straight pods with you singing on, on the pod and I'm into it. 
It's becoming a thing. It's becoming a thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that idea of Sam Hauser potentially um, getting some run. Uh, I will say real quick on on this game five, I, I did want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the, the big men for the Celtics real real quick here sure, because their because their stat lines don't necessarily jump out. We talked about real quick Al, Al Horford's rebounding. He had eleven boards. Part of the reason that Jason Tatum didn't need to have eleven, twelve rebounds. Al had eleven tonight. You know, usually he's more around seven, eight rebounds, but he was so active on the offensive glass tonight. Had five offensive rebounds, uh, and then you got Grant Williams, who I think just continued to do what he's done all series. And I thought Rob Williams, even though he only has, you know, six points, four rebounds, uh, let's see, one assist and one block, I thought he was incredibly active at certain parts of this game. And I'm going to have to go back and, and pull it up tomorrow, and I'll tweet this out. But I think it was the first possession in which Peyton Pritchard checked in, and it just felt like Rob went side to side. He never got a deflection, never got a block, but he hovered over every single action that Miami ran. And I think I ended up with Marcus smart on the floor, getting one of his, one of his five steals, but Rob Williams was, was helping. He was defending. He was cut. He was getting back into the play. It was everywhere. The heat turned. It was back to that Rob Williams factor that we've talked about of just the fear of Rob Williams of damn. I don't know when this guy's coming, where this guy's coming from. And so, you know, despite his, you know, his, his stat line, not saying that there was an impact, I feel like Rob Williams was impact. I thought the whole Celtics front line did, did really well tonight in this game. Yeah. And that's all we need out of Rob, right? We just need him to be that defensive presence so that guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are thinking twice when, when they're going up, when they're driving into the lane. I mean, obviously there's that huge block that Rob had on yeah. Jimmy and then he beat him to the loose ball. The ball went out of bounds, but like those moments out of Rob, when he's, he's first to the floor or he's first to the sky, as I like to say with Rob, like he's always the first one to to tip a ball that nobody else can really get to. Um, I, I like to see Rob Williams on the court just for that d- defensive impact that he has, even though he's not giving you like a whole lot on the offensive end. Like he does offer that lob threat that's there. If the Celtics want to take advantage of it, they can. Yeah, he, um, he hit a little mid range jumper tonight, kind of in between, like yeah. a, a little push shot or a little floater. He, he he almost took the 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 longer longer mid range jumper. Took one dribble in, got it up. I mean, hey, listen, Rob's field goal percentage is amazing in this in this <laughs> in this yeah, year. Like He's like ninety something percent. Yeah, yeah it's insane. Um, yeah, but I, I think the big men are also going to be important for uh, for Game Six. So why, why don't we start talking about Game Six here, and then we can get on get out of here. Yeah, game six, Saturday night in Miami. Listen, Celtics, if they win this game, it's I, I don't think anyone's going to be picking against them in game seven at home if the Celtics win this game in Miami. Now, this is the game that is going to test everything because we talked about this on the last episode, right? What the Celtics are attempting to do is that team that makes a 30-point comeback in the middle of a game and closes the gap to within a bucket. Maybe even they get the lead. But by the end of the game, they just run out of steam. The other team makes one play to kind of save their ass. And that team walks away with the win. And while it's a great moral 30-point comeback, you still walk away with the loss. That's kind of the predicament I feel like the Celtics are potentially in. And this is going to be the biggest test because you're not going to have the fans on your side. When you get to game seven, you're going to have the fans on your side. No matter what in that game, the fans are going to keep pulling, just hoping that even if it doesn't look good, it ends up like game six in Philly, you know, and and Jason Tatum, you know, pulls up at the end and puts on his cape. Celtics are going to have at least something to to fall back on. Going into Miami, you know, obviously wouldn't say it's the toughest crowd. We give their fans a lot of shit. We see a lot of red seats, you know, coming back from halftime. 
but it is still an away game, right? However, one the Celtics feel very, very comfortable in. You know, I think on the broadcast, I said they've won four out of their last five games in Miami, including game seven, even though it was by the skin of their teeth, they still did. They still came out and got that win. But this team likes to make it tough on themselves. Saturday night will be the biggest test that they've faced trying to get this to a game seven. Yeah, well, what happened against the Philadelphia 76ers in game six? Uh, it was a disaster for three and a half quarters, and then Jason Tatum put on a cape, and Celtics came away with a win. The Celtics won. What happened last year against the Milwaukee Bucks in game six? Celtics won on, on the road. road. Celtics won on the road. This is what we do, man. This is what the Celtics do. Forget the fact that we were down 3-0. That doesn't even matter anymore. It's a 3-2 series. You can win a series down 3-2 as the Celtics have proved that. <laughs> they um, love to do that. They, lo- they <laughs> love to prove that, right? So, like, I... Although we we were down 3-0, like you have to wipe that clean. And we have all of the momentum right now. Like all the pressure is on Miami. The Celtics are now playing with confidence. They're they're like lo- they're looking in the mirror and seeing the the versions of themselves that like th- that ev- everyone has seen for so many years, right? We're like, these guys are it. Like they talk about Hemi Butler, Jason Tate, Tate him, like all these things, like these guys, this is like what we always come to expect from the Boston Celtics is like Marcus Smart's going to be diving on the floor, getting loose balls, digging down, getting steals. Al Horford is going to be playing with energy. Jason Tatum is going to be a two way superstar. Jalen Brown's built for that moment. Those baseline drives and transition, dunking off of two feet, slamming on people. Like, this is what we have come to expect from this team. And like, the only thing that was really holding them back is Jalen Brown said at the end of the game, when he was getting interviewed, he was like, the only team that can beat us is ourselves. And like, I totally agree with that because the Celtics are the better team. They are the better team versus the Miami heat. It's just like, we dug ourselves this hole, but now that we're, 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 we're at the top of the the ditch right now. You remember homeward bound? Will? do you remember that movie homeward bound? I do with all the dogs. Yeah. With the dogs. And there's that one, one, one dog in the ditch that was trying to climb himself out and the other animals kind of abandoned him. And then he comes home at the end of the movie and every, I think his name, what's his name? Chance. I think his name's chance, oh, chance no and shadow. I, I think it's shadow. I think okay. the, the dog's name is shadow, but we're shadow. Is it shine? Digging, we're shine. We're shine. It, digging ourselves shadow out and of shine that play ditch. an Xbox, digging ourselves out of that ditch. And we're going to run home back for game seven. Hey, man, as you're talking, I'm kind of scrolling through Twitter here. You know, here's just a quote from Jimmy Butler on on Grant Williams. He's a big part of what they try to do. He switches. He can shoot the ball. I just don't know if I'm the best person to talk to. Sorry, another one. Jimmy Butler's not singing right now. I feel like, you know how uh, LeBron used to always tweet out before the playoffs when he knew that he just was, you know, a a god amongst boys. Uh, What was it, like Zero Dark 30? Yeah, I feel like Jimmy Butler is 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 trying to to put himself into that to that version right now, but but that's where we're at, and this is the other part that I think is so interesting now. I mean, of course, Miami, you know, has the advantage being being up three two in the series, but there's a lot of pressure on Miami right now. Coming home, you lose that game, you're one game away on the road versus a team that knows that it can beat you. That's playing with one of the best home court advantages. And you're about to make history in the wrong type of way. And you're losing bodies. Like we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think they even said Gabe Benson is already going to play in game six. So that was the other part that I thought was a little bit interesting is that the way that Miami, you know, sat their guys so early, Gabe Benson not playing tonight, but kind of pregame already acknowledging, yeah, I'll be out there for game six. You know, that Miami kind of played parts of this game, Like, all right, we've got game six at home in our back pocket. That's Mm -hmm. the one that we're putting all of our chips into. 
I really think that this, but this game six Saturday night, like get your popcorn. I think this has a chance to be a really special game. I'm, I'm, I'm already excited for it. We've got 48 hours. You and I are going to be on a boat party during the day. I'm ready for that game. I am so, Oh excited. yeah. Going to be on a boat, going to take a nice midday nap and then we're going to watch <laughs> game six. We're going to watch the Celtics attempt to make history with the boys. We're getting together on. Saturday, oh yeah. Right? This, this, this is a watch in person. I know I saw somebody in the chat here asking if we were doing a stream that day. Uh, I understand that it would be it would be awesome, but it's it's I'll be honest, that's probably not gonna happen for your boys that day. We we definitely that's a in-person watching and then a three-man weave kind of coming together to set the stuff set to set it up for what could be a very historic game seven Monday night, but can't get to game seven until you win game six. So that's what's up first here. Greg, before we uh before we sign this off here, you know, give me either a prediction or a key. To, to winning game six for the Celtics. I think this is a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown game. I think they both go bananas. I think this is where they put their stamp on it. And they're like, I think 30-30 game. We haven't seen a Jays 30-30 game in a while. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that from the Celtics. Um, that's the recipe, in my opinion, for the Celtics to win game six is for the superstars to play like superstars. So when we get to game seven, the role players can do what they do at home, right? But I think this is going to be a player's game. And then Joe, my man Joe, just continue to press the right buttons, um, continue to 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 scheme against that zone, get Tatum in the middle of that zone, um, be patient. Marcus Smart in the short roll is always a good option against that zone. There's... Sam Hauser, I'd like to see a little Sam Hauser, as you yeah. said earlier. If the, if the Heat decide to go with a little bit more zone and Brogdon's out, I would like to see a little bit of Sam. But I am expecting a Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, we are still the best duo in the league performance on Saturday. I'm, I'm not convinced of, of getting to that level with Jalen Brown quite yet. So that that would be my one reservation with, with that prediction. I think Jason Tatum's going to have a big game. That part I am fully on board with. I think this can is I, a, Can I ask you something real quick? Yeah, go for it. Worst case scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Celtics lose game six. Yeah. Jason Tatum doesn't play well. Are, are we done with the whole Jason Tatum doesn't step up in big games? Like Even if he doesn't play well in game six, like Jason Tatum, he's a superstar. I've seen a lot of people throw this out there that Jason Tatum's like still not that guy. It's like, I think uh, he stepped up a lot. I think during the Bleacher Report stream, I think this, this this was my halftime while you were in the bathroom. And then we switched places, but when I was defending Jason Tatum because that, that was one of the comments that was something to that effect. And it was like, guys, we we can't say Jason Tatum isn't built for the moment. And we were talking to our buddy Liptag about this too, where it's like we can't say he's not built for the moment when the Celtics go down 3-0 when literally seven days ago he scored 51 points in game seven. And yeah. two days before that, you know, scores whatever it was, 14 points in the fourth quarter with the season on the line. You throw in game six from the Bucks last year. The man's got multiple 50-point performances. We just talked about the, you know, 30 30, 10, and 5 lines that he's putting out there that are only rivaled by Nikola Jokic right now. Like, I think that is is put to bed. You know, the the thing that one of the things that Adam and I talked about on the on the IG live today, which maybe we'll do one of those on, on Saturday here before the game. Might be a little, might be a little frisky, might be a little interesting. So I, I'd recommend you guys tune into that one. That could be fun. Um, but you know, one of the things that that uh we had talked about, and I forget, I just completely lost my train of thought where I was going with this. Uh, I can read you some Jason Tatum stats. Yeah, please do that while, while, I, while I think about where I was going with that. I completely <laughs> so just... Jason just Tatum in the in the playoffs that. this year. 27.7 uh, points per game. Let's see. He's 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Like, 
What's the Bill Simmons number, right? He always talks the about that 42, the 42, 42 number. So Tatum's yeah, at 30. That's how Tatum got Tatum, to last postseason as well. Yeah, Tatum is over 42. I think he's like with all the with all the um, actual averages. I think he's having mm-hmm. a little over 43. And then you add the steals and the blocks. He's at like 45. So Jason Tatum is having one heck of a postseason. Yeah, obviously he's had a couple stinkers in 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 this in this postseason. The weird games against Philly where he couldn't buy a bucket in the first quarter in the first half of those games. But I, I feel like he's put that behind him. I'm fully expecting Jason Tatum to have a big game in game six. And even if he doesn't, you know what? Jason Tatum can't be there every single night for you guys. You have plenty of other capable guys yeah. on this team that can step up. And if Tatum's not bringing it, everyone else needs to step up. But I'm fully expecting Tatum and Brown to bring it. So where I was going with that thought before I spaced out for a second here was just that regardless of what happens, Jason Tatum, you know, I'm sure – People are going to get emotional depending on how game six goes if it doesn't go the right way for the Celtics. Jason Tatum is the one definitive part of whatever this offseason would look like if if things go wrong on Saturday night, that he's coming back to the Celtics. He's he's everything we're building around. He's he he's the thing that's not changing. That's that's what Jason Tatum has established. That the Celtics are are Jason Tatum's franchise. You know, whether that's, you know, if we have to relook at, at Joe Missoula, who's obviously on the upswing in this series, whether there's decisions with Jalen Brown's contract or if moves need to be made to to reshape this team, that's fine. But it's going to be around Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's going nowhere. That's the one thing that I think we can all agree upon. And that's because of everything you're talking about, the foundation he's laid in in these big games of Listen, he can't be Michael Jordan, couldn't be Kobe Bryant, couldn't be Steph Curry, can't be Kevin Durant, can't always be that dude every single time when you're down 3 0, down 3 1, make the full comeback, you know, be the guy to score 40 50. Like they need, they're, they're those dudes because they can do it and they do it more frequently than others, but there's going to be a couple nights where that doesn't happen. And so maybe that's game six. Maybe that runs out of steam or maybe Tatum just continues to build on that legacy. We'll see. That's what's coming up on Saturday night. Saturday's a legacy builder for whether it's Jimmy Butler, whether it's Jason Tatum, whether it's Jalen Brown. Uh, but there's legacies that are are being built right now in this series. Celtics attempting to be the first team ever to come back from 3-0. Currently, 0 in 150 are NBA teams in that endeavor. Celtics looking to be that one. Hey, don't let us get one. Don't let us get one, they said. So far, they're right. So far, Celtics on their way to making that comeback game six Saturday night. That's going to do it for this episode of Green with Envy. Boston Celtics, 110 to 97, winners over the Miami Heat. Heading back to Miami, Greg. I'm excited to watch that game. I can't wait to talk about it leading up to it and afterwards. Uh, any final thoughts that you got here before we uh, send the people out here with some some cool music? <laughs> Cool music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's late nights get weird. Late nights get weird. I was gonna say yeah. I was in the middle of about to say some dope music. And then I just, oh like, cool my music. god. Uh, I, I mean, I was gonna say see you in Florida, kid, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna play you out with some cool music, some dope, some real rhymes. snazzy, some real snazzy tunes. If I, if we had if we had the copyright, we play Miami by Will Smith. But uh, <laughs> we're just gonna play some Black Sheep Optimist, Skywalking. Peace, everybody. Peace.
How is it that I never seen the stars in your eyes? A glimpse of what I'm missing, thinking it's a mirage Ooh, you got me tripping and it's hard to describe But I stay for a minute cause I'm digging the vibe I like the way you're looking at the look in my eyes Don't be casual feelings when it's only a vibe Don't know what the deal is, I'm a typical guy You know the one thing different is the state of your mind I'm like, oh my, my, someone throw me a rope I'm getting too damn high, didn't know I could float You could call it a vibe, it's probably all that you wrote But I'd be doing this shit finally if I didn't have hope Cause you know that that embodied that's what go with the flow I can sing a different song if I cannot hit the notes You had me taking off when you took off your clothes It should be coming down by now, but I won't Let's go.